The passage that we are going to consider this morning is Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, right through the end of that chapter, and then the first eight verses of chapter 10. So Matthew 9, 35 to 10, verse 8. Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and heal every, healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. He called his twelve disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the twelve apostles. First Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew. James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector. James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus. Simon, the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. Now this talk is the beginning of a whole series of talks that I want to call New Beginnings. So this will be New Beginnings 1 and there will be another one, 2, etc. And I'll n name them all like this will be New Beginnings 1, chapter 9, 35 of Matthew, so on. But the idea is that we are in the process of shifting our sense of identity and how we um, operate as a, as a local congregation. And there's a certain sense of experimentation in that, and so this is all part of that. So I thought to start here because what Jesus is doing here is that he's out uh, amongst the various cities and villages. He's, he's busy. These men are following with him. And it says in verse 35, he was teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. He's busy. He's doing a whole lot of stuff. He's teaching um, amongst the, the Jewish crowds in the synagogues to his own people. He's proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, which is uh, probably in a more uh, open setting in the community, perhaps. And then healing, and it's explicit, every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. That word sickness in Greek can also be easily translated weakness. So whatever was in front of him, the brokenness of humanity, he wasn't just speaking to their minds and hearts in terms of his preaching and teaching and proclaiming, but he was, he was acti actively dealing with those things in their lives that were the very visceral parts of their brokenness, their diseases, their sickness, their weakness. And one of the things that happens when we address those kind of things is exactly what happens in verse 36. 
and seeing the multitudes, there, there is always going to be a huge number of people who are in the category of being diseased, sick or weak. And it says Jesus had compassion or felt compassion for them because, and here's what he says, they were distressed and downcast like sheep without a shepherd. So that's my new American, distressed and downcast. Um, the translations can be harassed or dejected or helpless, but it has a sense of being thrown down, downcast, thrown down to the ground. There's a literal translation of that second word. So harassed and thrown down to the ground like sheep without a shepherd. When people are hurt and broken and um, struggling with just the vicissitudes of life and the stuff that gets thrown at them, they feel like that. In fact, we feel like that sometimes, don't we? And so Jesus is conscious. His compassion is drawn out of him because there's such a huge number of people that are like this. And the, the response is, these people are like sheep without a shepherd. And we know that Jesus is the great shepherd. And here's what happens now is that the thing shifts slightly because Jesus is saying they are like sheep without a shepherd. He's the shepherd. He knows he's the shepherd. If we look in John over and over again, he says, I am the good shepherd. But what he does is he, he shifts the attention slightly because essentially Jesus is the shepherd becomes the disciples are called to be shepherds with a small s and plural. Verse 37, he says, Then he said to his disciple, disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And so I'm suggesting that when we look at this, what Jesus is doing is he's priming his disciples, especially these 12, the apostles, which we call them, the sent ones, the ones who are sent out, which is essentially what he's doing for us, is that he's priming them to say, there's lots of work, guys. There's, there's so much happening, and we don't have to look far in our own families, in our own neighborhoods, in our own communities at work, to see just how much of the disease of our culture, the sickness, the helplessness, the weakness, the harassment, the dejection, and the sense of being thrown down is all around us. And he's saying, he says to them, therefore beg, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send workers into the harvest. Ask, the new uh, international version says, but it's stronger than just ask. It's, it's the sense of, this is urgent business and there's such a huge harvest there's such a huge crop of things that are possibilities and he's kind of implying that when you have so much that is wrong in people's lives that it's a huge opportunity for the kingdom of heaven as he's been saying proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and then it shifts slightly again because he calls to himself he summons his 12 and here's the next thing that's intriguing. He gave them authority. He gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. And so there's a kind of a mirror image from chapter 9 in terms of what he's been doing and now what he gives them authority to do. To, uh, he, he gives them authority over unclean spirits and so they can cast them out and to heal every kind of disease, every kind of sickness 
and weakness and helplessness, etc. It's exactly what he was doing. And he's saying the Lord needs to be begged for, for, for laborers. But in fact, you know what? I'm going to give you authority to do all this stuff. I'm the great shepherd, the good shepherd. But you are little shepherds, little pastors. And I think it's a call for us to be people who care for and pastor and are vigilant for our families, for our neighborhoods, for our communities, for the places where we work, where we play sport, wherever we happen to be engaged. So having summoned his 12, he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. And then what does he do? He names the 12. We call, as I said, we call them apostles because uh, the word in Greek simply means those who are sent on a mission by someone of a higher authority, which is essentially who we are. We are sent ones. But the interesting thing for us now as we read this passage is that instead of seeing Simon and Andrew and James and John and Philip and Bartholomew and so on, we need to know that we have personally been named. Chris, Gail, and so the list goes on. It's we are named ones. Jesus doesn't just throw this thing out into the ether and say, well, whoever would like to. He looks you and I directly in the eye and he says, I'm calling you. I'm going to send you. I'm giving you authority to do this. To, in a sense, proclaim the gospel of the kingdom to teach, to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness and authority over unclean spirits to cast them out. So the naming is important because it's personal. This is for you and for me. And so he sends the 12 out and he gives them instructions. And we're not going to go into that now because that's not the heart of what I want to say. And he ends off by saying this. So as you go, as you proceed, that's the word better than go, as you proceed, as you proceed with your life. So as you go into the morning, the afternoon, as you go into work, as you go into the shop, as you, as you proceed during the day, proceed or go, proclaim saying. Proclaim is a proclamation. It's not only verbal. It's about uh, the very people that we are. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, over the last couple of weeks uh, on Sunday mornings, we've looked at what it means, um, the new creation and the fact that heaven has come down to earth. There's this marrying between heaven and earth. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so he says, proceed proclaiming the kingdom of heaven as it is at hand, as it's right here, as we, in a sense, are the carriers or the bearers of that new kingdom, the new creation. And then Explicitly, he just says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Full stop. But not quite full stop. Because this is what he adds on at the end of that process. He says, freely you received. Freely give. And so, for the first part of our thing this Sunday as we gather together, I want us to reflect on what does it mean to have freely received? What have you re freely received? What have you received? 
What have you as an individual, as a follower of Jesus, what have you received? So reflect on that. And then the second question is a very similar one, but it turns it outwards. It says, the question I want to ask is, so then, how do you and I freely give what we have freely received? So reflect on those and we will come back to them on Sunday. Thank you.